Welcome back to Football on the 40. This week, we're bringing you a preview of the College World Series, which our Texas Longhorns baseball team has advanced to for the 38th time of 75 total events. Some of you may ask, why baseball? Or isn't your name football on the 40? These questions are valid, and we welcome them readily. But the real reason is we bleed orange, and every chance we have to preview a championship run from a major sport, we will. And if I'm being really honest, each of us is a little lost as football fans, and we're in our own way searching for another source of excitement following more than a decade of painful football. For this special episode, we have a great interview lined up for you with longtime Texas baseball fanatic, Will Harris. Will's mom is ironically the same person as Andrew Harris's mom. What are the odds, right? So we wanted to talk with Will to get the perspective of a fan who has followed this team closely, not just this year, but for the last couple decades, including several previous runs at the College World Series. Will does a great job of reviewing the story of this team's tumultuous season, providing insight into the roster and explaining the dynamics of what will inevitably be a crazy College World Series in Omaha. So let's get into it. First, I want to introduce our Football on the 40 regular. I'm your host, Jake Robinson, and joining me is Andrew Harris. We gave Bone and Kev the week off, so welcome, Andrew. Welcome. Um, had a major life event and had a baby since the last time we, we recorded, so lots has, has changed since uh, the previous recording. <clears throat> How's baby Beasley? Beasley's good. He's hanging in there, um, probably close to 10 pounds now, so... It's getting a little chunky. Wow. Man, he's growing fast. Yeah. Awesome. And, of course, uh, thank you, Will, for joining us for this episode. We will we bring you into the pod now. How's it going, Will? Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? I just want to uh, quickly say it's an honor to be on with both of you. And uh, to your point, Jake, about, uh, you know, putting something like this together leading up to uh, – a championship run well we've had a few of those this spring so i'm just wondering why i wasn't included on the uh, preview of the rowing finals it's <laughs> a good question uh, it's all good it's yeah. all good i mean i just you know wanted to uh just wanted to note that uh you know we have had a, a spring season to remember at et uh pretty uh pretty stellar <laughs> run so hopefully we can cap it off in omaha with another natty in baseball as uh, as some of our close listeners know, we did promise a uh, a basketball uh, preview before the tournament, and we never did that. So um, we, we we wanted to bring this special baseball episode to make up for that. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, well, we've we've got our women's rowing team, um, men's golf, women's tennis, men's indoor track and field. That's the four, right? The four national championships Texas has won this year. That's right. And been second, I think, in about five or six others, softball, yeah. track and field, both. Um, so and maybe a couple others I'm forgetting. But, yeah, it's been pretty stellar since the turn of the calendar. After the after the after the super regional game or after the regional game in Austin um, against the second time against Air Force, I was there. I saw Crystal Conti. And I, I said, give this man a lifetime contract. And he just kind of laughed and, and like waved and said, y'all have a good night. But seriously, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, he, he laughed because he he knows the money he's about to get. But joining the SEC is pretty much, uh, well, he could probably retire the next day. And that would be the same equivalent as a lifetime contract. But now he's done well. And uh, we still got um, 
you know, we've still got the football conundrum to figure out, which hopefully we will soon. But I think uh, we are definitely in a better place than we were prior to him. And uh, I believe I've read where we pretty much, regardless of what happens over the next week and a half in Omaha, clinched a second straight director's cup over Stanford, which is pretty, pretty doggone good considering Stanford had a monopolized that award for what 20 something years. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, um, yeah, before we jump into some baseball-specific questions, we want to know a little bit about you, Will. We, we hear that there might be a wedding coming soon. What, what else do our viewers need to hear about Mr. Will Harris? Yes, there is a uh, – thank you for that. Uh, not, not that I need any reminding, but yes, there is a, a wedding on the horizon uh, in a month and a half, and uh, we are looking forward to that. And it's uh, conveniently scheduled between the end of baseball and the start of football. I may have had something to do with that. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, anyways, uh, it, is, uh, it is forthcoming, and there is a lot of planning, way more so than I anticipated. Um, but uh, we're excited about that. And then, yeah, just in general, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I was born out of the womb in a burnt orange diaper. So um, <laughs> it's pretty much been a, uh, a lifelong passion for me as it is for both y'all. Uh, feel maybe partially responsible for Andrew's fanaticism, hopefully for the betterment of his friends and the people around him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> regardless, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a joy over the course of my life to follow UT uh, some days better than others. Um, but um, for me personally, obviously, I, you know, I mean, I love football, but uh, growing up, I, I played baseball throughout, uh, you know, through the end of my uh, high school senior year, wasn't good enough to, to scratch the surface at a, at a college program, let alone Texas, but um, the, uh, the game, I, I love the game. And uh, so it's, it's been, you know, something that I follow very closely and passionately since, um, since, moving to Austin, I guess now almost 20 years ago, which is kind of hard to imagine. Time's flown. Awesome. Well, we are, we, it is truly a pleasure for us to have you um, and be our expert on this, on this episode. So thanks for joining. Uh, I got, I got to ask because I have two brothers on the pod with me. So we, we got to We got to have some kind of story between the two of you or this is, this is, this is, this is open mic for either of you, you know, for the other, not to deny it. Oh man. Um, and there's a ton of stories that we can go into some appropriate for the pod and some not. Um, <laughs> no, they're all appropriate. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. One of the, one of the, one of the, one of the most enjoyable things that I got to do actually even before going off uh, to college was, uh, you know, Andrew's about nine years, well, eight and a half years younger than me. And so um, I had the opportunity to coach a couple of his little league teams um, in, in my junior and senior years of high school. And we had some, you know, we had some good players. We had some not so good players as it goes with, you know, uh, third and fourth grade little league, but um but it was a lot of fun. I probably took it way too seriously. Uh, I think the credo is, you know, the child first, the sport second. I definitely had that reversed. Um, and uh, I remember vividly uh, we uh, had a, I believe it was a playoff game. And I think we had won. Andrew may remember it being different, but I think we won. 
and we had an event in Corpus Christi that same evening. So the game was in the afternoon and we had to get down to Corpus Christi where my dad's side of the family's from for an event that evening. And I must have talked to Andrew Zeroff for two and a half hours on the way down there, critiquing his at-bats and uh, everything else under the sun. And I'm sure he could not wait to get out of that car once we uh, <laughs> pulled up to my uh, aunt's house. So anyways, um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm ultra competitive and um, it was, you know, a lot of uh, good times to uh, get to, I mean, it's really cool as, as someone, you know, that's twice someone's age to get to see, uh, uh, you know, other folks take as much enjoyment out of winning as, as you do. Um, and a lot of these people that we were playing against were kids uh, that Andrew went to school with. So invariably we knew their parents and, yeah, I took some joy out of beating those people and, you know, letting them, letting them know about it just a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will have to give it, give Will a lot of credit. We had some very good basketball teams and we had some very good baseball teams. So he, he had a good positive impression on my young childhood sport team, sports teams growing up. All right. Well, that that's a good story. Y'all kept it pretty light. You could have gone harder on each other, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> hey, I have to day. save it for the wedding, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Great stuff there, guys. Let's go ahead and transition into um, some baseball talk now. Um, the way this is going to go, uh, Will, is uh, Andrew and I will ask you some different questions. You can answer them however you'd like. Uh, we'll kind of jump back and forth. We might jump in and give some, some of our opinions from time to time. But since, uh, since this is a football podcast primarily, we want to start with just, you know, what, what is the format of the College World Series? Um, what, what can viewers expect to see? And um, how do we make it to the finals? Okay. So the way you got to envision it is, there's eight teams, right? So there's two four-team brackets. And if you're familiar with what's already occurred in the in the playoffs, right? There, the playoffs start with a regional round where there's four teams. There are four teams in Austin. We advanced out of that. So it's a very similar structure. Um, it's a double elimination um, structure with uh, four teams in each bracket. Um, it makes the most sense. Ideally, if you can win those first two games, because then some teams got to come out of the loser's bracket and beat you twice um, to advance the championship round. But essentially, it's a double elimination format, four teams in each bracket. You don't cross transfer. I know they did that in softball, which was kind of weird to me. I'd never seen that before. Um, so you don't play anyone else from the other side of the bracket. Um, and the two bracket winners will then face off in a three game, best of three championship series, which in the past, actually had been a week and a half after the start of the College World Series. I prefer, I really honestly didn't like it because it was on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. Um, but this year, they moved it up. So the championship series actually starts on a Saturday, goes Saturday, Sunday, if necessary, Monday. So um, 12 days from now, we'll, because uh, we're just recording this on a Wednesday. So 12 days from now, we'll have a champion, um, assuming the Omaha weather gods allow it. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's some, um, there's been some bad weather in Omaha in the past, especially last year against Mississippi state. We had a big rain delay. So um, that's definitely 
a factor to be um, to consider. Uh, so going to talk about the Texas baseball fan base, how would you say it's similar to the football side of things and how is it different? Oh, gosh. Okay. So one of the cool things and one of the things that I didn't know, um, you know, even as a kid growing up following UT baseball um, is how passionate the UT fan base is when it comes to baseball. All right. So you got to consider it on multiple levels, right? All right. First off, Jake, I believe in the open, you said that this is our 38th trip to Omaha and you would be correct. So Good, good counting on your fingers and toes and whatever else there. Um, and there have been, or this will be the 75th College World Series. So yes, we have been to more than half of the College World Series. Secondly, we've had, on, and you can count this on one hand, we've had five head coaches at the University of Texas when it comes to our baseball program since 1911. I don't think there's crazy another. Stat. What's that? That's a crazy stat. Oh, yeah. It's just insane. And so, I mean, I, I haven't done the research. I don't know. I can pretty much guarantee there's not another baseball collegiate program out there that has something similar. I don't think there's another collegiate athletic program out there that has something similar. So that, that in and of itself is, is, is pretty crazy. So when you look at that consistency, both from the head coaching standpoint and then from a production on the players um, side of things standpoint, all right, there's a level of excellence, there's a level of expectation, all right, that is manifested and rooted in the baseball program, but also in the culture of the fan base that passionately follows the program. All right, and so you take those two things together, you mix them up, and then you provide an atmosphere like we have at the ditch. And what you get is a bunch of people that truly care not just about what's happening inside the park and on the diamond, but they care about, you know, the revelry and the culture and the fun that occurs outside of the, the, the walls. Um, because unlike other sports, you have 35 home games every year. So you're seeing these people on a consistent basis, much more so than you would for six home games, seven home games for football and what, 15, 16 for basketball. So you're seeing these people on a much more consistent basis. and um, you know, there are times during the middle stretches of the season where you're playing someone from dog crap you and it can get a little <laughs> boring and you got to have a, you got to have some fun. So um, the culture is what makes it um, the socialization aspect is what makes it. I think, you know, it's probably preeminently highlighted by Occupy Left Field, but there's a whole world else of tailgating besides there. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I am with a group that's been tailgating, not just from the day that the ditch was erected out of the dirt in 1975, but I go and I talk to people on a consistent basis that have been following the team since the early 60s. Um, and that's pretty cool. Uh, you get a really unique perspective. You hear a lot of things from the past, um, cool stories, fun moments, um, and you get to just relish and cherish all the memories that Texas baseball has created through the years. And I think that just all drives, you know, from, from the moment you park to the minute you walk in to the minute you walk out, it's just all part of the atmosphere and all part of the winning culture um, that Texas baseball engenders. And God, there's a lot of crazy stories out there through the years um, with the wild bunch and 
um, <laughs> with all the stories from Omaha that I've heard, um, some of which I've been a part of. Um, but um, it's a lot of fun, and you know, you wouldn't have as much fun if you weren't kicking ass. So that's that's what yeah, fun. for sure. It's not, and it sounds like no matter the sport, Texas fans know how to have a good time and throw a good party. So. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, it, you know, the, the only thing that I'd say about baseball is it's just more intimate. You know, it's 35 games a year. It's the postseason. It's Omaha, and you know, it's max capacity seven to eight thousand at the ditch. So, um, if you don't like the people you're hanging out with, baseball is not the sport for you because you're going to see them quite a bit. That's fair. Cool. Uh, let's transition a little bit into the specifics of this year's College World Series. I mean, what a bracket. Uh, Four unseeded teams, I believe. Uh, no mid-majors made it this year. And just two of the top eight seeds are in Omaha. Who are you most surprised with that is in this tournament? Um, well, that's a great question. I, you know, uh, on the mid-major front, um, usually you have one or two sneak in. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, uh, I'm going to be completely candid. I thought there would be one, um, and I thought it'd be at our expense. Uh, how about how about the freaking jungle? That was crazy to watch. Uh, yeah. I really hadn't I really hadn't watched East Carolina baseball all that much. To be completely honest, um, those fans are rabid. They're intense. Um, I personally don't take the horns down sign as a insulting thing anymore. I, I think it's pretty flattering, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Why, why are we living? Why are we living rent free in somebody's heads that I don't even know where their campus was located until last week? But whatever. Um, thank you, and uh, hope you enjoyed that. You know, little um, ass kicking over the last. Uh, <laughs> I think. Innings, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of horns down on our half of the of the bracket. There will be. Yeah, there will be. The one. Sure. Yeah, the one. The, the, I think the team that most honestly, the, the two teams that most surprised me. Um, frankly, are in our side. Um, when we played A&M in Oklahoma earlier this year, and it wasn't that far apart, I think we played A&M at the end of March at the ditch, and then we played Oklahoma in a, in a series actually at the Rangers ballpark in Arlington about a week and a half later. Both those teams were struggling. Um, A&M always treats their midweek game against us as if they're playing for, you know, pretty much um, – you know, the, well, I mean, it's more than the national championship to them. It's like, you know, world domination. Um, so they pitch these like crazy, you know, Saturday, Sunday starters in the seventh and eighth innings just so they can, you know, throw the horns down and feel as though they're, you know, important for once in their life. But, um, you know, it was just, um, I, I chalked that A&M up to be, eh, yeah, whatever. Um, but then they really got on a roll. And they got a great new first-year head coach and Jim Sloshnagel, who came over from TCU, uh, who had been a thorn in our side for for several years. Um, so they're a legit club, and they've gone through some you know really um, strong opponents to to get to Omaha. Although, quite frankly, in the in the regional and the super regional, I mean, I, their competition I think could have been stiffer. I know they beat TCU and Louisville um, primarily to get out of there, but um, both those teams I think um, have been playing better baseball earlier in the year. And then with Oklahoma, you know, I, I, it's 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 a really weird situation for me when it comes to Oklahoma baseball because um, you're, you know, organically kind of taught and thought process is you got to hate them. Um, but 
honestly, I love their head coach. Uh, he was our pitching coach for about 15 years under Augie Garrido, Skip Johnson. He's a super great guy. I know his wife. I know his son. Um, I know their entire family. And so it's really hard for me to root against him because truth be told, he was about to be fired this year. Um, and he turned his season around and um, now he's in the, and now in the, you know, college world series. It's Oklahoma's first trip there since 2010. So um, I really, you know, can't hate Oklahoma baseball as much as I do everything else that's Oklahoma related. Um, but those two teams really stand out to me and they just so happen to be on our side of the bracket and they just so happen to be playing each other uh, Friday afternoon. And unfortunately a meteor can't hit both. So, you know, hopefully we're playing the winner. Cool. Um, so going, uh, that, that was some good insight on, on the teams and uh, the surprises uh, of the postseason so far. Uh, we'll talk about predictions in a bit, but do you think, uh, do you think Texas has a good enough quality pitching uh, to win it all? You know, typically that's not an issue with Texas, but this year, even though we've had a good ERA as a staff, there has been some pitching issues. So what about your insight on uh, Texas pitching? So what's really interesting about this year's team is it's the, uh, you know, for those that don't follow the sport um, as religiously, typically Texas wins on pitching and defense. And this year the script has kind of been reversed. We're pretty strong defensively. In fact, I think we're number one in the nation with the least amount of errors so far this year. Um, but our pitching, based upon our historical standards, has struggled. We have an over four-point ERA, and typically that's in the twos. Um, and our bullpen, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, it's just been a freaking dumpster fire um, for most of the year. And so the flip side is, is that we have by far and away the most historically awesome uh, Longhorn hitting team of all time. Um, in fact, we've hit, I believe it's like 50 more home runs than we'd ever hit in a season prior to this one. Um, we're averaging over 300 as a team, um, hitting, and we've got, as most people by now, I hope at least, unless they've been under a rock, know the national collegiate player of the year, or at least he's going to be an Ivan Melendez, who's hit 32 home runs. Uh, plays first base, he's hitting over 400, and he's getting ready to win the equivalent of the Heisman in baseball, which is going to guarantee that his number is retired at Texas. He'll be the only only the eighth player to ever have his number retired. So that's number 17 for those of you that aren't following along in your playbook. But um, <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, actually, I wanted to ask you about that, Will. Do you think yeah. that um, the Hispanic Titanic is the best Texas player ever? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, and no, I think it's too, that's just too difficult because you then it's very, <laughs> it's very challenging. Well, it's very challenging to compare hitters to pitchers. And even more so, it's very challenging to compare generations. I mean, it, you know, I know it's, 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 we say that in football and basketball and almost every sport. But, you know, you have to think, I mean, we've got, some names on the wall that I think most people would, would recognize Roger Clemens, um, Houston street, um, Brooks Kieschnick, um, Scott Bryant, um, you know, some really s solid 
fantastic players in their own right. So I, it's hard for me to say he's up. He's definitely up there. There's no doubt about it. But to Andrew's quick question, you know, Andrew's question without belaboring it too much, I think Texas has a, a, a as good a shot as anyone. Um, the what it's going to come down to is it's going to come down because they're going to hit. Uh, you know, the days when we used to play the College World Series at Rose and Black, which stopped in 2010 when they tore down the stadium and they moved it to downtown Omaha and it used to be called TD Ameritrade and now it's called Charles Schwab Field. Um, that field plays really big. Uh, unlike the jungle that was uh, a ballpark built for guys on steroids, um, this one is, is, is pretty massive and it actually faces south. So if you think about the summer and the breeze predominantly coming from the south, uh, it usually blows the ball in quite a bit too. So it takes a rather large shot to get the ball out of the, the park at, uh, at Charles Schwab. Um, like I used to saying that. Um, so, you know, invariably that's going to help our pitching. But the truth of the matter is um, we're going to at some point, whether it's Friday night against Notre Dame or down the road, we're going to have to rely on our bullpen. And that bullpen's going to have to be better than it was throughout the course of most of the season. Uh, we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for um, a couple of guys that actually were starters earlier in the season that have now been moved to the bullpen that came up huge against East Carolina. Uh, Andre Duplantier, number 88, came in on Saturday in the seventh and effectively shut down East Carolina, even though they had a solo shot in the ninth to tie it. And then Dylan Campbell walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. But he effectively shut him down and probably pitched his best three to four innings of the year. And then Tristan Stevens, who had been a starter, uh, the kid's like 24, 25 years old. Uh, <laughs> got to meet him several times. Awesome dude. Um, but he had struggled most of this year. He just didn't have his command for whatever reason. Uh, but he comes in on Sunday um, endures the rain delay, comes back out. The fans are drunk. They're shirtless. They're calling him, <laughs> and he just shoves it right up their throats. And it was just glorious to see. And it made staying up till two in the morning to watch the end of that tolerable. So, you know, if we get performances like that, we're gonna we're gonna have a chance. Omaha always comes down to the, uh, to the unheralded hero. It really does. Um, yeah, so for sure. There's, there's, yeah, yeah, for sure on that. And you know, there's. There's a lot of heroes made in Omaha every year. Um, so just one last question uh, before we take a quick break. Um, you know, Texas started off the season as number one. Um, we kind of fell on some hard times in the middle of the year and in the last half um, or last little bit kind of had a resurgence and obviously played well in the postseason to make it a, to the College World Series. You know, what, what do you think is a successful season for Texas baseball? Is making o Omaha enough, or do you think we need to win it all to say it's successful? Oh, I mean, it depends on the season. It definitely depends on the season. Uh, I, I always think the, the, the baseline, um, when you've been there over half the amount of times that there's been a College World Series held, I think that's the baseline. But there's a reason we don't dogpile beforehand. And um, – you know, this is number 38, but we're also we're also stuck on six, which is our total national championships. It's really hard to get to Omaha. It's really even harder to, to win it all. And 
you know, my opinion last year was um, this team's overachieving. Um, they're, they're, they're doing better than I thought they would. And to come within one inning against Mississippi State of making the, the championship round, um, I thought was pretty, pretty darn cool. Um, I, was, I was pretty happy with that. Um, this year, the expectations um, have, been, have been higher, at least for me. Um, I thought we were deservingly uh, rated number one to start the year. Um, I thought that um, we started the year proving that we were the number one team in the nation. We had a really unfortunate injury to our Sunday uh, pitching starter, Tanner Witt, that happened about 12 games into the season. Um, I think it mentally messed us up a lot. Um, and we're just now starting to see us kind of come out of a, a shell in some ways from that injury. Weird that it's taken that long, but I really do think it's impacted us. We've had some other injuries as well. Um, but, you know, toss away all the freaking excuses. Um, we're one of the best eight, and we've got the best hitting team in the country. We've got the best defensive team in the country. And even though the pitching has not been to the standard that it typically is, we've still got two guys and Pete Hansen and Lucas Gordon that are as good as they as any other team has at Omaha. And they both throw from the you know the, the weird side of the plate. They're both southpaws. And we're gonna start Pete against Notre Dame. We're gonna start Lucas on Sunday. And the beauty of Omaha is it gives you breaks between, you know, days between games. So we've got a chance to pitch those guys multiple times. Um, so to answer your question very simply, it's championship or bust. I'm not going to be happy unless Let's I see a double Not going to be Let's happy unless go. I see a double Yeah. You, you got me fired up. You got me fired up. That's, that's a perfect, uh, that's a perfect uh, place to break from this. Uh, we're, we are going to take a short break. We will be back in a few seconds. And we're back. So now we are going to shift a little bit. We're going to do, um, Andrew and I are going to, going to ask Will some questions in a speed round, uh, a speed round series of questions where Will has to answer them uh, immediately. And he only has about one sentence to answer. He does not get to explain himself. So this, this should be, this should be fun. Um, I'll start with an easy one. Will, how many times have you made the journey to Omaha? I'm going to say seven, but it may be eight. You don't, you don't give me much time to count. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Uh, out of the eight teams there, well, I guess seven for this question, which one's your least favorite? Who wears overalls? <laughs> I don't know. Who does? Who thinks that they can get Saban suspended from a game in the SEC? <laughs> Who, who's utterly delusional there's only one answer to that I, I, I think uh that answer is i think i took more i think i took more than one sentence sorry <laughs> it's okay we don't we don't mind it for that um all right which here's here's one which current longhorn baseball player would be the most fun to party with not even close who? You Austin Todd. Austin Todd. 44. Bats fit. Okay. Not even close. Cool. Um, 
I don't know what the next question was. That was weird. I'm, I'm going to skip that one. Uh, do you think Omaha steaks are underrated, overrated, or properly properly rated? I think I've had one Omaha steak in my life, and I think I ordered it in 2010 with two Texas fans and a, two Nebraska fans after we beat them with Garrett Gilbert in football. And I just enjoyed the heck out of the fact that they had lost to us for the 10th time in 11 tries. And it was a team that went five and seven. So based upon that, I think one and only experience, I'm going to say Omaha steaks are really damn good. Definitely more than a sentence, but well, <laughs> sorry. Well I, it was just, just, that's the only time I think I've ever <laughs> had one. I, I, that was a weird question, Andrew. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I'm, I live in Texas, man. I don't order an Omaha steak. <laughs> Uh, fair you don't you don't get on omaha steaks.com on those infomercials <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> um, um, yeah so i'm gonna go back to the question that angie didn't know what it was why do the horns do that waving bird flying signal every time they hit a double when he gets to second base why do they do that so what I, does it mean so i don't have the exact answer but i'm pretty sure it's it's in reference to karate kid and I think you may remember some Alabama football wide receivers doing it this past year when they would score a touchdown. Um, Jameson Williams, John Mechie, uh, Andrew remembers them because they were on his fantasy team that kicked my ass up and <laughs> repeatedly. But uh, anyways, I think that's what it's in reference to. Um, but I don't have the exact answer. Uh, it's a trade okay. secret too. We've, we've even asked them. They won't tell us. Yeah. Interesting. I was able to buy my driver this year with uh, winning fantasy football. So very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. Dang, that's um, a good – glad, glad, glad I could help with the shanks. Okay. So uh, this, this question is a little out there. Kevin was the one that wrote this, so uh, don't blame the messenger on this one. Um, so theoretically, if there were enough young men in and on a dog pile – could that dog pile begin to emit a gravitational pull? And would it be possible for that large dog pile to collapse on to collapse in on itself as a black hole? What? <laughs> uh, we we win it all this year and we asked David Pierce that question and find out what his answer is. <laughs> That's that's a good response. Yeah. All right. Well, well, can you name the top five season home run leaders in Longhorn history? Uh, well, Ivan Melendez is number one. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um, gosh, you put me on the spot. Kyle Russell's number two. Um, I know because he passed him. Um, I don't. Uh, is Jeff Onaveras up there? He's number four now. Okay. There's um, one more recently than him. Oh, Cody Clemens. And so I got four out of five. And um, you got me. Well, Who's the fifth? well, uh, is another player on this team tied it this year? Oh, wow. Oh, Murphy Staley? Yeah, he's at 19, um, tied with Brooks and also Kyle Russell in 2008. Okay. Yeah, I was going to – oh, because Kyle Russell had 
another 19 after his 28 in 2007. Yeah, that's right. So, um, cool. Well, that's, that's awesome for Murph. I didn't realize he was in that category. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise us all. Um, he's had a great year. Uh, if it wasn't for Ivan Melendez, he'd get more recognition. Um, so I got to say, as the TV commentators told us maybe 30 times during that East Carolina series that he should have won the Big 12, Big 12 Player of the Year if it wasn't for Ivan Menelindez. They said that, I think, 30 times during that broadcast. <laughs> just Well, the, just, the, secret, <laughs> the, the secret to happiness in life, guys, if you haven't discovered, is the mute button and to get your <laughs> Longhorn app and stream Craig Way and try to pause it enough to – sync it up so that he's actually broadcasting as the TV is playing the exact, uh, you know, same sequence. Uh, I, I learned that a long time ago. I haven't steered back. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, those TV announcers can be horrendous. Yeah, no, it was it was tough watching for sure. Um, let me ask you this one last question for the speed round. Um, if, you, if you're playing baseball today, uh, what song would be your walk-up song? Well, I'm stealing this because uh, we had this played uh, on a on a joke a couple of years ago at the ditch, but I think it would be appropriate. Uh, and I've had this asked to me before. Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I I have to ask one more question because I, I'm just so curious to see what Will will say. What is your favorite Augie Garrido quote? And yes, we do have a bleep button if needed. Um, so I actually got to, I was, I was fortunate. I got to, I got to know Augie a little bit and, um, I got to have some dinners with him and Gene is, uh, well, I guess now widow, um, several times over the years, including a couple times in Omaha. Um, but, um, one of my most favorite quotes that he told me, um, and it was actually at the Marriott hotel here in Austin. Um, about a year before he passed, we just happened to run into him on a Friday night. We were getting some dinner there. And uh, he was sitting at the outside bar and he was drinking a, a bottle of, or, well, he had a bottle, but he was drinking a glass of red wine. And uh, he, he we shook hands and he said, I said, how's retired life treating you, coach? He said, I'm rich, I'm drunk, ain't nothing better. <laughs> so, I, you know, just classic Augie, yeah. You know? That's that's a that's a great great answer to that you, question. I don't know how you can top that. Yeah, I don't know how you can top that. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Cool. Well, we're gonna move away from the speed round and come up to our final segment. That uh, how we end all of our shows is with some predictions. So, um, you know, I'll go first. Andrew, you can go second, and then Will, you can wrap us up with your predictions for uh, this College World Series. So specifically, which two teams uh, make the final and which team wins? So I'll go first. I, I, I am concerned a little bit about depth of pitching. I think that Notre Dame game one is very important to win. Um, but that being said, you know, game two of the Supers especially, we had a, a bullpen game and came out of it. And um, we've done that several times a season. So I think that that's totally Something we can do, but I always pick Texas on this podcast. I am an eternal optimist, 
And so I am going Texas from bracket one. And I actually am going to pick a long shot in bracket two. I'm taking Auburn. Um, and, you know, Texas Athletics makes it a record natty number five for the year. But first one since 2005 in one of the big three men's sports. So I'm going Texas beating Auburn. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm usually right there with you, Jake, on the optimism. But, you know, Kevin's not on the show tonight, so I got to be a little pessimistic. Um, our side, I, I think there's a r- real difference between the two sides. Um, I think our side has more quality teams than the other side. Um, so right now, um, Oklahoma, I think they're just a, they kind of have the team of destiny card, um, just the way they ended the season, how they won the big 12 and how they've played in the postseason. Um, so I'm going to say Oklahoma comes out on our side of the bracket. And then I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Stanford, even though they struggled a little bit. I just think they have the most talent on that side. And so I'll say Oklahoma Stanford and then Stanford um, winning it all um, as a natty. So give it up. Go Cardinal. Go nerd. All right. So Andrew is trying to avoid the Harris jinx, which is, uh, which is a real thing. So, um, you know, I could, I could, Taylor the line to um and and try to avoid it and I probably should um but honestly I really do think that we're going to come out of our side of the bracket I I you know I'll be interested to see how Pete and Lucas bounce back and I say bounce back because both of them did not pitch the way they probably should have or they at least they are capable of at ECU so I think they're going to perform a lot more admirably um what what people discount the most about Omaha is that experience really matters. Uh, Mississippi State was on the doorstep of winning the national championship two years ago. Um, and that really propelled them to come in and, and win it all last year. So the fact that we have more experience on our side of the bracket than any of the other three teams, I think is, is huge. And I think that's going to carry us into the championship round. On the other side, you know, I think it's a toss-up, honestly, um, between Stanford and Arkansas. And that's going to be a really interesting first game, by the way. That's Saturday, 1 p.m. Um, tune in for that one if you're not um, trying to beat this 105-degree weather and jump in the pool. But um, I think that's going to be a really interesting game. And I think the winner of that is in the driver's seat. I'm actually going to go with Arkansas. I think they've got a revenge mindset just as much as we do. Um, they were the number one seed last year and, and choked kind of like Tennessee did, did this year in the Supers round. So I think they've got a lot of motivation. Um, so I'm actually going to go with a good old classic Southwest Conference championship round battle between the Horns and the Pigs. And um, you know where my heart is. I just don't want to say it because uh, I don't want to jinx it. But anyways, uh, you should have massive crowds if that's the case. That'd be a heck of a final. Um, and uh, it just so happens that my fiance's bachelorette party is next weekend. So if we can make it to the final, I guess I'm a free man and entitled to do what I want. And <laughs> maybe get up there. <laughs> what 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 timing that was. I know. How fortuitous. Hey, just real quick, because I know we're running out of time. I, I want to flip it back on you all, since I think this is probably the last pod that we'll have for um, for the offseason, or you know, between now and the offseason. Arch Manning, yes or no? I'm going to go with yes. 
I'm going with yeah, he's coming. Cool. But but if if other people were here on the podcast, they would have been like, why do we need Arch Manning? No, 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 no. We have other problems. No, 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 no. Been negative about the whole question to begin with. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, look, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, Andrew, one of your questions should have been, well, no, I just I I can't even put it you know in the words. But I mean, look, we're talking Omaha. We might as well be talking Manning, right? <laughs> there you go. Hey, that was well, we actually had it on the list. We just didn't get to it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Cool. Well, I've enjoyed All it. Right. Guys. We out. Well, Will, thank you for joining us. It was a special treat uh, to have you in this episode and uh, be the star of it for sure. Um, we hope to have you back sometime soon. Now, now we've had um, we've had Andrew's wife Mary Page come on, and now his brother. And so, who who's who's next? Maybe maybe Mama Sue or 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 uh, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> maybe maybe or you know we can get a segment going during football season where you know MP and I both critique fashion. I'm sure that would really draw you. <laughs> <up there. laughs> That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, thank you for coming on, Will Andrew. Um, good stuff. Next time we'll we'll all be back for our next episode as we get closer to football season. Thank you all for listening once again. And thank you to our producer, Hamilton Lizer, who makes us sound a lot better than we actually do. Um, Until next time, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next Football on the 40. Welcome.